Hello, Coatsy here. Before we get into today's episode, the next two episodes were recorded back to back, and unfortunately, Jack had a little issue with his microphone that we didn't catch until we got to edit. It's not terrible, but we apologise in advance for the drop in audio quality. One good thing to come out of it, though, is that we finally got him to order himself an actual microphone. One last thing before we start the episode, you can now find us on Discord. All links are in the episode description, so come and join us, get involved with discussing the show. Right, I've kept you waiting long enough. Chris, cue the music. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the tale of a... Hmm, fuck that up. Hello <laughs> and welcome to the next episode of Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the tale of two young trainers and their journey together through the Yumei region. I'm Coatsy and I am your Pokemon Dungeon Master. <laughs> a free shout out for our Dungeon Master. I'm Jack. I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy <laughs> who is glad to be out of that spooky spooky mansion and doesn't have to pretend to be brave anymore. Little fun fact about <laughs> Felix. Uh, so this wasn't actually his first encounter with a haunted mansion. No. Oh. On his travels, he was heading up to Snowpoint City once, and uh, they got he got caught short with his family's Torterra in a bit of a snowstorm. And they had to take refuge in a abandoned, what they thought was an abandoned house, only to be also greeted by some spooky, spooky goings on. Uh, but Felix didn't stay around long Ooh, enough to figure rotten? out what it was. He just got on Torterra's back and I tailed it out of there. <laughs> I mean, with the Torterra, he probably could have taken on whatever it was. Unless it was the oven. Yeah, Oh, yeah, rotten yeah. grill. Well, it was rotten heat, not a grill. Or, I just the, ro- or, mine grill. or the rotten fridge. Was there a fridge one? Anyway, uh, it's not a fridge. Was there a fridge? It's a washing machine. Washing no, there is a fridge. There is a fridge. Yeah, yeah, the fridge is ice. Yeah, tell a lie. Anyway. Oh, do you know what? In these intros, I school you so much on Pokemon <laughs> Knowledge. It's a joke. I've not played the games in so long. Well, I've just sort of done the vanilla Sword and Shield campaign. That's about it. Ugh. Yeah. How Less boring. said about that, the better. Anyway, I'm Chris and I play Chuck. He's the son of an Earth Joy who moved from Pewter City to the Yumei region. There you go, Cozy. That's how you not fuck up on an intro. <laughs> so I'm one out of seventeen. Leave me alone. <laughs> Something about Chuck. He's actually allergic to Shelder. As he found out actually when he tried to clamp one onto him. Not <laughs> have allergies in the squad range to account for. Got allergies and we keep coming back to Pokemon cannibalism. Well, he's not eating them. How do you and It's know? not cannibalism because Chuck's not a Pokemon. Shellfish. Yeah. Realised. I've not rolled out more ones yet, so this could be an interesting. I'm not doing that because every time I do that, I roll nat 20s. <laughs> Leave this chance, see how I get on today. <laughs> okay, who's I'm going we... in cold, going in dry. Bite the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Bite the pillow. <laughs> he's recapping. <laughs> oh, who's right. recapping the last episode? Um, I think it's you, isn't yeah. it? I did the last one. Jack did the one before that. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, Come on, bitch. Right. Sing for your supper. You wrote it, so you should know Last what happened. Episode. I've never heard that expression. Sing, Sing for your supper. supper. Yeah. Are you know. Brilliant. Yeah, I've never heard it. No. Amazing. So, last episode, <laughs> you started. Do you want just me to do it? After you'd beaten the Ariados? No. When did you start? We started- just before we were taking on the Ariados. Okay then, so, last episode, you started with a pretty intense battle with an Ariados in a library, Yep, which you smashed, uh, then you worked your way gibble, through... Though. Wasn't all that easy. You did beat him up quite good. Yeah, yeah love, so I got a few good fights in there. Mm, I think Rowdy finished him off. For once. <laughs> um... Then you worked your way around the upstairs of the haunted mansion. You found out that the man's wife, like latest wife, may have poisoned him with some ratata potion. Um, you it's the also, wife, not the side piece, wasn't it? It was the mistress, the the latest one. So his latest wife may have poisoned him with rat poison. She spoilers, she did because uh, I wrote it. 
Uh, you also found two EV, and you caught both of them. Oh, we did. Yeah, that was pretty decent. Yeah. After beating the EV, the loft hatch opened, and you went upstairs uh, to find a creepy child's sort of like playroom uh, with Nurse Joy, uh, Ted. I think it was Ted. Ted, <laughs> Ted, the uh, Pokemon owner, Warren, <laughs> oh, Apom, all sat around a table pretending to drink tea. And then when you went over to them, you battled the Ghastly and the Duskull, which had been setting up all of the puzzles and everything for you because they were really lonely because their like, master had died and so had their mum and Aww. all of that. So it felt bad for them a little bit. So you battled them. Chuck obviously didn't feel too bad for them because he didn't want to catch either of them. Not really. Uh, you knocked out the Duskull, but Jack caught the Ghastly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, as gasoline. you were leaving with everybody, as you were leaving with everybody, the dust girl showed up looking all sad, and Jack took on the dust girl as well. So you were literally just gasoline, like, it was literally just like when you're trying to leave your house and your mum's offering you a sandwich, and you're just, like, I don't, just, I don't need the sandwich. No, just, just take the sandwich. Just take the sandwich. Dust girl. <laughs> take the just dust take girl. I give you a reaper cloth. You've got to you, take the dust girl. You don't want good Pokemon. Don't take the good Pokemon. That's fine. Just never Duskull. Just mm. although, fun fact: Duskull was my first ever shiny in the games. I it was red yeah, Duskull. I know that's why there was a Duskull in there because I thought you were going to catch it. But it's fine. Don't worry about it. Nah, well, I don't write it for you. Anyway, <laughs> you went back to the you went back to the Pokemon Center, had a party, and Warren, gym leader in training, caught you in the morning and thanked you for helping him out and gave you a rare candy each. But told did, you yeah. to use them wisely. Very as welcome. They are not very common in the Yume region. Common enough for him for to be dishing out too, though. He's a gym leader in training, does what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it reduces training time if he actually used the rare candies. Do you want me to take back the rare candies? I mean, he did school us when we battled him. No, very appreciative. Well, he did beat you in your last fight, so uh, we'll I could have gone happens. either way that fight. Uh, definitely couldn't. You got destroyed. Uh, yeah, that's Staravia. Yeah, I just want to point yeah. out that Chris has been editing these podcasts and he has been moaning at us for the last three episodes <laughs> that our intros are far too long and boring and he's just extended that this by about five minutes <laughs> by butting in and talking. Today's one of those days. We're, go- we're going off piste. Oh, God. <laughs> let's just get on with it. Let's, let's crack on. We've got a lot to get through today. Big episode coming up. We say this every time. I want to go home. You are home? I'm looking at you. Right. As you travel through the forest, you see in the distance a bright light, growing larger and larger like the end of a tunnel, until finally, after a few long hours of walking, you pass the tree line of the thick Koku forest. We should start calling you thick Koku. Light blinds you for a few seconds, Light blinds you for a few seconds as your eyes adjust to the natural daylight you'd missed since you entered the forest, and you're immediately hit with a wall of heat, quite the opposite from the cool, damp shade of the trees. As your eyes adjust, you look out at all you can see for what seems like miles and miles until it meets the horizon is sand. A single signpost points towards a slight dip in the dunes, and reads Route 12, Acacia Town. We're gonna rock on to Acacia Town. Is that where, is that where we're meant to be going next? I can't remember. I got, I've forgotten what Acacia Town, before. yeah, it is. It's, it's the, that or go backwards. Well, after, we're heading towards the prophetic desert. Yeah, what was our... An Acacia Town. We were given a task, weren't we? Go to the prophetic desert. Go to the desert. Shit out. Try and find the, find cave. the cave. Try and find the cave. That's what we're trying to do. I suppose we're heading down Route 12 then. Yeah, I guess we're following it. Um, okay. Did we... Very linear, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> we call it quits for today, then, uh, lads. I think it's been a poking good set. The bear. I'm poking the bear too much. <laughs> You're going to regret it in a bit. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll calm down now. I'll just, I'll just up some levels. It's fine. It's good. I need the XP. Right. I would say let's deal with any parties, party switches, slash... Evolutions slash everything's fully done, like fully. You've had a long rest, so everything's fully HP, full PP. 
So let's deal with all the other stuff. Theme wise, yeah. Ratchet, Lavatar, Houdini, Gaston. Cool. Chuck. What's Chuck oh, doing? Really difficult decision, to be honest, because I need to do a bit of leveling. And uh, But Boomer has to stay. She's an ever-present in Chuck's team. Cobalt was promised some more game time. So Cobalt, although not probably the best for our surroundings in a desert, might toughen him up a bit. So he's going to get a little bit of a run out. Same goes for Gibble, new to the team, um, and obviously very useful in this sort of scenario. Sonic's going to stay at Cherry's lab. Yep. Rowdy's going to also spend a little bit of time in, in Cherry's lab just to uh, you know, look look after just to look up well just to look after sonic and uh he, me and him are tight so he knows uh he knows he'll be coming back soon anyway um so in that case evie's gonna come along for a little bit so that we can get acquainted and bonded a little bit more see if i can cheer him up considering he's a bit of a grumpy natured evie so uh, <laughs> see if we can uh <laughs> raise his spirits so i mean divvying up the loot cards on the line i'd quite like the mossy rock no, I can't have it. <laughs> No, it makes sense. I I I caught the dust skull, so I will happily take the reaper path. So we'll say Chuck swaps the mossy rock for a revive. Okay, cool. Yeah, fine with me. I'm just going to make a DM decision. If you want to evolve your EV with a stone, you can do it whenever the fuck you want, as long as you've got the stone. I don't really know how to justify evolving EV, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, so I guess we'll sort of say they're doing this trade, and EV is out at the moment, having Chuck. Like having just caught him, and he's having a little sniff at it, and Chuck's like holding it to his nose, and accidentally touches Evie's nose, and as it touches Evie's nose, it starts to evolve. So, Leafeon, a grass Pokemon. Although it doesn't like disputes, it will sharpen the leaf on its tail into a blade and fight if it has to protect its friends. Right, got so, a Leafeon. Yeah, so you're gonna have a, okay, a massively fine. overpowered Leafeon. <laughs> Nah, it's only level four. Yeah, but you get to put loads of points into it, don't you? I'm not going to lie. Now? I wasn't thinking about that when I said you could evolve. I know. <laughs> it's too late now. So Leafeon's got 20 decks. Wait, so what points? Yeah, how has it got 20 decks? It's grumpy. I've got it as 80. It's got one point in strength, one point in decks, and one point in con. Yeah, so I'm putting six in decks, six in con, and two in strength as my 14. Yeah. Ability is now Leaf Guard. Pokemon does not suffer any negative effect ailments in harsh sunlight. Right. So definitely some synergy to be played off here with Boomer as well, the solar power. Mm. If once I, I can get Sunny Day as part of my moveset. And you can change its moves oh, yeah. to anything for level four, so any of its starting moves. Yep, so I'm going to give it Razor Leaf. Instead of? I uh, don't know, but I'll just read you the moves that I've chosen. Okay. <laughs> Razor Leaf, keep quick attack, keep covet. I mean, you've not got much else to choose from. No, but I'm going to use my energy ball TM. Really? Why wouldn't I? Oh, it's not like the game. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. What do you mean? I was like, don't give a leafy on energy ball. It's a fun oh, physical <laughs> Yeah, no, it's deck space. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got razor leaf, energy ball, quick attack, cover. Nice. Wow. Well, can, can I go and get a water stone, please? Uh, we'll see what happens. You might bump into him again. <laughs> Fucking love leafy on. That's my favourite evolution. Cool. So, to recap, we've picked up Arties. Felix, you're going with Pratchett, Lavatar, Gasly, and Houdini. Indeed. And then, Chuck, you're going with Boomer, Gibble, Leafeon. Yep. And Shinx. Yep, Cobalt. Gibble is also going to be called, I've nicknamed it Mako, because it's Japanese. It's a Japanese type of shark, and it's actually the Maori name for shark as well. Sweet. Yeah, and because obviously Chuck got him in Kuso City, it's kind of a Japanese vibe. So. Nice. Well, after 25 minutes, <laughs> should we start? Here you go, then. Yeah. So you're going to head down. A, you, oh, you've only got one way to go. You're heading down Route 12. Yeah, yeah we'll follow the path. Leafeon is my active at the moment. Oh, yeah. Who do you want out, Felix? I will have Pratchett. Cool. The harsh sunlight beats down on you as you make your way along Route 12. You can even feel the heat from the ground, like stepping on hot Ooh. sand at a beach, but through your shoes. Ooh. You are walking for hours, your mouth dry and sweat dripping from, well, everything. The route is strangely isolating, with only each other and your Pokemon for company and not another soul in sight, with the dunes on either side of what you would call a sort of path. You turn a corner and all you can see is a cloud of dust 
with a tall figure inside it. There is something large on the ground at the figure's feet, calling out for help. Jack doesn't think twice and rushes towards it. Uh, the dust starts to fall, and you can clearly see a large, bald man. He's well-built, despite his large belly, <laughs> and he's standing over another man, curled in a ball on the ground. A large foot swings into the man on the ground's stomach as he cries out in pain. Seeing you run over, the bald man bends down, seemingly to pick something up, and looking at you with a smile, he turns and throws a pokeball in front of him. <gasps> An even larger cloud of sand erupts from one of the dunes, and you see something large move inside. A flash of grey leaving the cloud for only an instant. As the sand settles, the man is nowhere to be seen. Ooh. What the That's hell? Yeah, I was just <laughs> picking up my D20. So what's left in front of us? The guy who's been attacked on the floor? Yes. Yeah. Chuck runs over to him and uh, to check if he's okay. The man sits up with one hand pressing against his side and wiping a bloody nose with his other sleeve. Oh, hello, chaps. Thanks for the uh, help there. I'm uh, I'm not sure where he came from. Uh, my name's Dr. Hammond. You are? I'm Chuck. Good to meet you. Are you okay? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I think I took a rather good beating off that old fellow. He looks at Felix and says, What's your name, Sonny? Felix is walking over. He's not rushed over quite as quickly as Chuck did, but he is approaching. He says, Hi, I'm Felix. Why was he beating you up? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I've heard of bandits showing up in the desert, but I never dreamed that I'd be picked out. Maybe he was one of those chaps. What, he just came out of nowhere? like He just jumped me from over one of the dunes. You said bandits? What? Is there quite a lot in this desert then? Oh, it's just people who've been cast out or run away. They they hide in the desert and, well, I guess occasionally attack people on the path. Hmm. Uh, they've been driving nurse. They've been they've been driving nurse. They've been they've been driving uh, Officer Jenny wild for years. Chuck's looking him up and down. And says, "Don't you have any Pokemon to protect yourself?" He suddenly sort of puts his hands on his well like patting his waist and his belt and he's like my pokeballs that son of a he, he's taken my pokeballs and he sort of runs off in the direction like to the top of the dune where the uh man was last seen shit right at this point then what felix would do is recall i'll recall pratchett and i'll send out larvitar oh i like it um, so I send out Larvitar uh, and I bend down to him and just say, "Hey, buddy, can you um, can you sense if there's anything nearby? If there's any humans or anybody?" Larvitar has tremor sense, so just in a kind of thirty foot yeah. cone around from where we are at the moment, um, I'd like to yeah, use Larvitar to do that and just see if we can detect anybody nearby. Um, give me a roll, but the answer right. is no. <laughs> then what am I giving you a roll for? Just say no. Not in a third. <laughs> Not in a 30 right. foot. Okay, that's bad. There is no one there. That's bad. Okay. Um, Jenny might have this kind of mapped out on who these bandits are, what they're up to. Some sort of crime watch, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Hammond points out something about five feet in front of where you're all standing and rushes over. Okay, what is it? And turns to you and he says, Well, lads, doesn't this look strange? And in the sand, you see a long trail winding through the dunes Ooh. with like some patchy bits but it's clearly a trail from a Pokemon. Can I check it out to try and see like what Pokemon, sort of Pokemon would have made it? Of course you <laughs> can. What do you want me to do? Wisdom. For Chuck? Yeah. I mean Leafeon does have perception and nature as... Uh, if Leafeon's got perception then she can help you so you get advantage. Ooh. 14 on one. Uh, 7 on the other. So no. 14. Uh, so with the 14, you can see that the trail looks like a very large Pokemon has almost forced its way through the sand, mm. um, almost like a snake kind of motion. 
but the viper it's very large maybe like three to four foot wide oh my God. Okay. girthy girthy Chuck's sort of back in like, leafy on sniffing around it and says yeah I mean it, it looks like some kind of large snake maybe I mean Felix do you know any sort of Pokemon like this Felix pauses for a minute and thinks it's not this big I mean I've come across Arbok before but nothing the size of this maybe we just follow the trail and see what we can find Chuck turns to Dr. Hammond and says anyway why, why are you here in the first place if you knew this area was dangerous well I mean for one I never really thought that I would get attacked uh, and two well I'm Dr. Hammond I'm an archaeologist um, I study all over the prophetic deserts and um, bring things back to my museum in Acacia Town what kind of stuff old bones relics things of a past sort of generation Chuck's thinking back to the um, the museum in Pewter City where they've obviously got like fossil Pokemon on display it says have you ever seen any fossil Pokemon F- actual fossil Pokemon no bones of Pokemon that have been extinct or died a long long time ago oh boy come to my museum <laughs> and I will show you some bones <laughs> that sounds really of sinister Pokemon. I will show you some bones he says it with a smile on his face. There was nothing sinister yeah, about it. He's just very excited about his work. Anyway, he turns to you and goes, Well, uh, sorry to like overhear you, but if you uh if you maybe we do need to follow these tracks, especially before the sands shift, all it's gonna take is a bit of wind and we could lose it. What if I mean I don't have my Pokemon on me, what if I go back to Acacia Town and grab Officer Jenny and um we can meet you where the tracks end? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So At least that way we've got some backup. Yeah, I mean, let, let's exchange numbers so we don't have to drag him along with us. Sounds good to me. We'll do your dirty work for you. Lazy prick. You exchange numbers. <laughs> Jack turns to Felix and says, do you want to follow this then? Yeah, let, let's go for it. Uh, got a new nappy on? Yeah, Felix, uh, I'd like to have practice it out, but it makes sense to, to keep Lavatar. Um, so yeah, Felix turns to Lavatar and just says, okay, buddy. Keep using your senses. If you hear anything or sense anything nearby that we don't see, let us know, okay? Lavatar looks at him, gives him a nod, and kind of saunters off. Cool. Uh, Hammond gives you each a bottle of water to quench your thirst. Nice. Um, and says he'll get back as quickly as possible. Good stuff. I've still got my lunch from... Cool. Never we got lunch. <laughs> oh, yeah. That shit will be off yeah. by now. Let's just say you ate it <laughs> while you were walking. I thought Felix is a vegetarian, isn't he? Felix is a vegetarian. So he definitely wouldn't have eaten it. That's probably why he didn't eat it. Yeah, I ate the he just drank the movie right. milk. I've still got one bottle left. Luckily, there's something magical about movie milk that keep's it cool and stops it from going off. Yeah. <laughs> milk was a bad choice. Anyway. <laughs> so, you follow the tracks through the dunes and you are following it for some time. The heat from the sun still beating down on you, and you start to regret the decision to help Dr. Hammond, when finally, Lavatar stops dead in its tracks and starts to starts to like look around the area okay. you're in. He leads you over one last dune, and you see a large rock formation sticking out of the sand. Ooh, okay. Three large rocks stand tall out of the ground, with another flat rock at their base. The tracks lead all the way to the base rock. Okay. Felix follows Lavatar quite close behind, encouraging him along the way. Uh, So, yes, we just reach the, the base of these rocks, then, I guess, and start to dig around investigate see what's going on whoa 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 I mean does it sort of look like the rocks that were in the cave no they don't look like plinths or they used to be statues they're just rocks no, no the they, they're, they're just okay okay fine big fine, rocks fine. and we can't see the tracks going anywhere else they stop here they stop at the base of the rock hmm. is it a rock face or it's just like in the middle it's surrounded by sand just kind of in the middle three rocks just surrounded by sand with a rock base. Okay. Almost kind of like a little mm. makeshift, almost shelter kind of thing, but 
a natural one. Yeah. Like Stonehenge? No, not like Stonehenge. What I'm picturing is almost like a pyramid, but rather than it being solid each way around, it's just like a rock, a rock, and a rock, and there's like gaps in between. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. okay. Pretty much. Should we just make this easier? How about you roll me a... Do you know what? Lavatar disappears for a second. <gasps> Where's he going? And you don't and he's notice. Gone. He's dead. But when you do notice, you start calling out. Okay. So Lavatar. And Lavatar suddenly pops up and cry like calls out to you. And as you walk over to him, you see a small gap in the where the rocks sort of join up, leading into the ground. Ooh. Okay. Some tunnels. Are there is it big enough for us to fit through? Yes. Cool. Okay. Looking into the tunnel and obviously assuming that we're probably gonna go down. Chuck's going to withdraw Leafy on and say, come on back. Um, Mako, let's see what you can uh, do here. Out comes Gibble. Out, out comes Gibble. Trouble, that's Trouble. what he's going to do. Yeah. It's more his environment, though, if we can be controlled. As you look down the hole, uh, you see what seems to be carved into the rock some makeshift steps mm. leading down into the ground. And a cool breeze is coming from the direction of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. So you carefully make your way down the steps. The only light coming from the sky behind you. And you start to feel a chill as you descend further. Ooh. You can sense like moisture in the air. And the rocks either side of the steps start to become like slimy and wet to the touch. Oh, okay. And your feet suddenly hit solid ground as you suddenly stop descending and walk along a wooden walkway. Clearly man-made. When you say it's a walkway, what's either side? Is it like a bridge over something, or is it just through the tunnel? Through the tunnel. You don't know. <laughs> it's a walkway. It's got, like, wood either side, handrails. And is it completely pitch black? At the moment, okay. yes. Do we still have the head torches from our time in the mines? Did you keep them? Don't think we've got asked for them back. Then... Yeah, cool. Well, Chuck gets it out of his bag and dons it. Felix sees this as a good idea rather than just carrying on following Lavatar. Puts his head torch on as well. Yeah. Gibble's also got tremor sense as well, so we're covered kind of either way if we don't see something. Cool. cool. So with the light from your head torch, you see a wooden, wooden planks clearly put together by man, leading you through rocks either side. Yeah as though just giving you a clear path of where to go. You keep walking for a few more minutes, um, not really seeing anything, until you turn a corner and the sight that befalls your eyes stops you dead in your tracks. You stare upon a very large and surprisingly well-lit cavern with the sun's rays coming through a large opening in the ceiling. Down below the high wooden walkway you find yourselves upon is a stunning underground oasis. Ooh. I'm imagining um, you've seen those chinotes in Mexico. Well, yeah, I'm imagining like the area in Borderlands 2, the Scarlet DLC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. On the far side of the cavern... Uh, you can see a clean, smooth rock face with a giant waterfall filling the pool of water that surrounds an island in the middle of the cavern room. Cavern. The island is filled with trees and vegetation that you'd expect to find on some kind of desert island. Mm. Even like a, it's got a white sandy beach around the out oh, like wow. the circumference. Um, and there's a small sandy clearing that you can see from where you're standing on the left side of the island with the roof of what seems like a small wooden hut poking out of the trees and a small stream of smoke rising from the same area. Tavern in a cavern. <laughs> uh, Chuck puts his board shorts on and has a little holiday. Yeah, Felix says this is a lovely place and decides to stay here and not continue his adventure. No, Felix turns to Chuck and goes, wow, I mean, I've seen a lot of places my travels but never anywhere like this looks like this no me neither I mean looks like there's someone maybe down here what a life maybe we need to proceed with caution we don't know if they're friendly or foe 
Yeah, I mean, I think we can we can back ourselves. They might have seen something come through this way, if not be the culprit. Um, are there any wild Pokemon around? I don't really know how to answer that. Well, it's yes or no, really, isn't it? Well, <laughs> you'll find out. From where you're standing, you can't see any. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, is there like an obvious way for us to kind of make our way down further inside the cavern? Or is it a bit of a jump in and see? So you can clearly see that the walkway like sort of leads down to the island. It then, from the island, goes straight out across the water to the rock face and then goes behind the waterfall on the other side. So Ooh, where was the, um, the little hut again? On the left of the island. We can get onto the island, right? Yeah, the walkway goes all the way down to the island and then it starts up again and goes over the waterfall the far end over the water mm. so you i know this is hard because we're doing this over talk back talk back because <laughs> uh, we're doing this over zoom effectively imagine you've got a massive you've got half the death star <laughs> that's your room mm -hmm. so it's a massive like dome snow globe yeah with a massive crack in the middle where all the suns come yep. in to light it on the far side, you've got a big rock face that sort of ends up going round the whole thing mm -hmm. that you've popped out of. And there's a giant waterfall opposite to where you mm -hmm. are. In the middle, there is like a mini desert island and there's a walkway that leads up to where you are and behind the waterfall. Mm -hmm. I think we follow the path. On the left of the island is the building and the small like bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I agree. I reckon we follow the path, but also, yeah, go knock on the hut. Uh, okay. Chuck takes off his shoes okay. and socks and uh, like rolls up his jeans. Right. <laughs> so you walk down the walkway and you've got to make your way through some of the like vegetation to get to the beachy area where the hut is. Mm -hmm. Are you just going for it or are you being careful? Going for it. Yeah, I think I think rather than trying to be stealthy as we'd like to be maybe, we're just kind of feeling a bit at ease in these surroundings and... Not yeah, I think that also, I think Chuck is, whether it's misplaced or not, I feel like Chuck has got a bit more of a swagger and a confidence than he had even before he started the journey, if that's possible. <laughs> okay, so you make your way through the vegetation, not staying quiet. Uh, Gibble's like chomping burst, his way through the greenery. <laughs> you burst through the last few plants. The area in front of you is a large sandy clearing with a wooden hut on the opposite side, a swinging hammock in front of it. In the middle of the space is a smoking fire with a man and a woman sitting around talking to each other as they eat the remnants of whatever they were cooking on the spit above the fire. Near the water's edge are a number of metal cages and wooden barrels. Ooh. As you try to see what's inside the cages, one of the barrel lids flies off as an orange fish jumps into the air, <laughs> landing back in the barrel with a loud splash. This sort of happens as you break through the trees, yeah. so they don't notice you at first. The woman drops the stick that she was eating off and says to the other man, bloody fish scared the life out of me go and shut the lid and put one of the others on top of it the man who is laughing at her reaction gets up and moves towards the barrel a small clinking sound coming from his belt as he moves aggressively he picks up one of the cages and puts the lid back on the barrel as he slams the cage on top as the light hits the cage you see that a Pokemon is inside it. Mm. A small grey creature with big ears and a long nose, and it cries in fear as the man sort of moves the cage. At this point, the man spots you, and the woman turns around too. They both send out two Pokemon. Oh, cock. <laughs> So not there's their foe rather than friend then. And your Pokedex pings <laughs> Pelipper uh, and Hitmontop. Oh, I love a Hitmontop. Pelipper, a water flying Pokemon. Pelipper is a flying transporter that carries small Pokemon and eggs inside its massive bill. 
This Pokemon builds its nest on steep cliffs facing the sea. Hitmontop, a fighting Pokemon. Hitmontop spins on its head at high speeds, all the while delivering kicks. This technique is a remarkable mix of both offense and defense at the same time. The Pokemon travels faster spinning than it does walking. Hitmonhop. <laughs> One of them is a blonde-haired woman. She's wearing a sort of Nothing like... Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing at all. Uh, they're, they're both wearing what you'd think of like desert kind of travellers. Desert chic. I'd say imagine Ray at the start of Force Awakens or uh, Tuscan Raider style, like cloth around their head. Like that's what they do. That's the noise they make. But not. Yeah, but they're not making that noise. <laughs> okay, you so sure they're bandits then. Can we assume? Do they look like the guy that was at the was was attacking Doctor Hammond? Well, she's a woman. She could still look like the guy. So no, uh, and the man has green hair. Uh, with like a fringe that sort of splits in the middle. Okay. And uh, he turns to the woman and says, Cassidy, looks like we've got two stragglers here. Oh, Butch and Cassidy. The woman turns to him and says, They don't look very strong, Butch. <laughs> I mean, they are just children. Maybe, I don't know, we should teach them a lesson for coming into our oasis anyway. Chuck says, hey, 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 you know, we don't need to, we, we don't need to do this. We don't need to do this. Cassidy just laughs at you and says, too late for that now. I mean, if you really want to, they said I didn't warn you. Gibble, dragon rage. <laughs> we win. Let's roll initiative. Oh, oh it's only a six for me. 18 and 18. Okay. Felix, you're up first. Oh, so. What we got? We got a Pelipper and a Hitmontop. Yeah. Yeah, so we know that Felix isn't particularly keen on bird Pokemon. Granted, Pelipper looks a little bit different, but is still a bird Pokemon. Um, Felix tries to quell his initial disdain. He doesn't want these two sort of strangers slash bandits to kind of know his, his hatred. But thinking about it for a minute and seeing Larvitar, although he's very keen for this battle, probably not going to be too much use against the Pelipper and a hit on top. Got a couple of his weaknesses in there. So my action, I will return Larvitar. And Ghastly, let's get in there into the action. Ooh. And with a little shimmer as he comes out of his ball, Ghastly is brought out into the battle. Look at them shine. First outing. First outing. Okay, so next up is Cassidy and her Pelipper. She is going to use Water Pulse uh -oh. on Ghastly. Good job I did take out. Lots. Yeah, definitely. 14. Uh-oh. 15 damage. Ouch. Really? Shit. Ooh, we're going to... This is a big fight then. I'm setting the tone. Yeah, this, this is your fault as well for goading him earlier, Chris. Goading who? Goatsy. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't goad Butch and Cassidy. Yeah, this water pulse comes towards Cassidy and it's about the same size as him. Just hits him straight in his floating bit of face. <laughs> <laughs> floating face. <laughs> Do you know, at the end of um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, when they describe Voldemort as like this big gas thing, I always imagine ghastly. Anyway. <laughs> Next up is Chuck and Gibble. Ooh, I didn't roll last. That's cool. Um, yeah, Gibble, Dragon Rage. So I'm going to go for the Hitmontop. Uh, yep, go for it. You have to make a deck save against my move, DC. Okay. 12. Does not save. You needed a 13, Ooh. my friend. Ooh. Okay, what does it look like? What does it look like and how much does Hitmontop take? Okay, so... Gibble, although was slightly distracted by the Magikarp jumping out of the barrel and thought that looked mightily tasty, snaps out of it and has heard Chuck's direction because he's starting to be a little bit more um, well-behaved. Not quite there yet, but... Right. And responds to the Dragon Rage by summoning a jettison of blue flame and just, like, burps it towards the hip on top. <laughs> and you're going to take... <laughs> 17 damage. Ooh. Nice. Okay. Good. So... After taking the Dragon Rage, 
Butch sort of looks up and he's thinking, okay, that wasn't actually quite bad for a little twerp. Maybe I should take this a bit more seriously than I was going to. And he's going to tell him on top to get closer and use a rolling kick on Gibble. Okay. That is a dirty 20. Yep, that'll hit. Uh, that is 10 damage. Ooh, okay, ouch. It's a bit of a glass cannon, Gibble. Okay. He's then going to shout, hit it again with a quick attack. Because we all love that combo. I wonder where we got that idea. 16. Hits. One damage. Okay, okay. It's fine. So the hit on top sort of um, starts spinning up on its head, moving yeah. closer and closer and closer to Gibble, and then just sort of like does a little head flick and leaps off the ground. And as it comes down, it's spinning through the air and just plants one on Gibble, knocking it back a little bit, and then dashing straight into a quick attack. And now it is... Felix's go again. Come okay. on, Felix. Bring the noise. Well, we're going to have to here, really, aren't we? So, after seeing Ghastly being almost washed away, obviously as he's made of gas and just being hit by a wave of water, Ghastly sort of pulls back, shakes it off, gets rid of the water particles, pulls a big face at the elephant that sticks his tongue out, which gives Felix an idea. He says, that's it. Get in there. Lick that pelipper. So that is a 24 to hit. Uh, that hits. Brilliant. Nice. So Doing. That was a 19, a natural 19. Oh, so yeah. with Lick on a natural attack roll of 18 or higher, the target becomes paralysed. Yep. Sick. Eight damage from that, Lick. <sighs> nice. Ghastly floats over, just opens his mouth wide and lets his tongue out as large as it can. And licks this pelipper right at the beak and then slaps it on top of its head. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as it, like I say, with it being a roll of, of 19, pelipper is also now paralysed. Uh, a paralysed creature has disadvantage on any strength or dex saving throws. Ooh, and attacks good. against it have advantage. Lovely. After selecting a move to activate and spend PP on, a roll of d4, on the result of a 1, it's incapacitated and restrained nice. that can't attack nice very uh, good the trainer of a fully paralysed Pokemon may still take a po- may still take an action okay Pelipper is going to use payback by Gasly on Gasly oh shit it's dark so for... <laughs> that's rude isn't it oh my so Pelipper sort of like its wings start to glow as it moves towards Gasly and then you just see it get like tasered oh, by yeah. itself. <laughs> yes. It's like, and it just sort of like hits the floor and then flaps to get hmm. back up. Uh, Cassidy being like, what, 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 what's going on? Like, she's got no idea what's happened and it was paralyzed. So, yeah, very good. Is Gibble. It's Chuck. Yeah, Chuck's up. So, Chuck's just shouting, he's just shouting at them. He's like, you didn't have to do this. Why? Like, you've really brought this on yourself. Anyway, Gibble, 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 Gibble. Line up the Pelipper and the hip on top. Go for another Dragon Rage. Okay, so he's going to move just round rotate. to try and line them both yeah. up. Okay, that's no, yeah, it won't be too hard because Hitmontop's pretty much on top yeah. of him. Hitmontop will kind of, he's like looking over Hitmontop's shoulder to see where the yeah. Pelipper is. Gastly's going to get a hit as well then. Oh, you're that close. Because they're in melee range. You're going to kill my Gastly. Celavi? I feel like this is just payback oh, for yeah. all the times that Breezel Sonic <laughs> boomed. Absolutely. It only happened it like twice. Three times, you know. Whatever. Okay, so what is it? Deck, deck, deck save. save, yeah. So hit him on top. Got a 17. Passes. Got to do. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, Pelipper got a 13. That is the DC, yeah. So I assume that passes. So, so they both pass. They just take half damage, though. So they still take so quite a bit of damage. Or 12 plus or So that's 16 on a fail, 8 on a pass. Yes, he's dead. Oh shit. Uh, what does it look like as you fail to knock out Hitmontop and Pelipper, but you succeed on knocking out Ghastly? Well, it, you know, it happens. Gibble again, he's taking the taking the kind of the kick from Hitmontop, but hearing Chuck's call, he's lined up the Hitmontop and the Pelipper in the background, but doesn't see the Ghastly and unleashes another jet of fl- another jet of blue flame, <laughs> catching everyone. And doing them all when in. When the flames settle. It just looks like it's a similar colour to Ghastly because he is a shiny Ghastly. Is he? You haven't mentioned that. He just uh, floats very slowly to the floor. And obviously he doesn't have many features on his face, but all you can see are just two big swirling eyes. Felix shouts out, Ghastly, no! Turns to Chuck and goes, why? 
Why? Chuck's just just very much like Felix was in the, in the original fight. Just, eh, eh. Felix is not happy. Okay. So, Felix, you're up next. You're going to withdraw Ghastly. You have to. Felix withdraws Ghastly. Sends out Houdini. Oh, God. Okay. Really so, rolling the dice on this one, aren't <laughs> Yeah. Houdini's out. I get yep. it going out. Felix says to Chuck and says, this better work. Munchlax. Metronome. Roar of time. Roar of time. <laughs> right. Oh God. This, this is on oh this no. is on Pelipper. This is going towards the Pelipper. Yeah. So I rolled a forty, which is Aerial Ace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This Houdini it loves to fly. Um, the text of Aerial Ace, you dive an opponent with such speed that it is impossible for them to avoid. This move is guaranteed to hit for one D six plus move. Is it gonna be like four guys when you're diving over the line? <laughs> yeah. Just head first. <laughs> um, so that is four. That's, oh, brilliant. That's actually only three damage because I've got a minus one in decks. So three damage. Munchlax comes out of the Pokeball uh, and just carries on sort of moving. He's He doesn't really settle. Um, he's still sort of teetering about as, as Felix pulls out for him to use Metronome. And Munchlax's feet just carry on going and he sort of feels the, the air between him and the ground grow. And he just, like you say, yeah, similar to a fall guy jumping over a barrier, just slams into this Pelipper for three damage. Like face first. But yeah, just... <laughs> Diving header. Diving, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Cassidy is almost laughing at the weirdness of Munchlax using Aerial Ace for a start and then the fact that it just did nothing. <laughs> uh, and she says, if you're going to use flying moves... Let me show you how to use them properly and tells Pelipper to use wing attack. Yes. You rolled a one. Yeah. You rolled a one. And and as <laughs> it as Pelipper's wings glow and it flies towards Munchlax, it gets tasered again and is fails to do anything oh, as it's word. still paralyzed. Uh, amazing. Even from beyond the grave, Ghastly is doing well. <laughs> Okay, so this time, uh, Chuck doesn't re want to repeat the same outcome as last time and accidentally catch Munchlax in this Dragon Rage, even though secretly he finds it maybe a little bit amusing as it is kind of karma. So, um, but says, Gibble, just just tackle that hit on top. Come on, finish it. And that is a 21. Uh, yep, that hits. Swing. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> hold on. Sorry, I rolled my d20 again. I was like, that's a lot of damage. <laughs> d6. Ah, six. So nine damage on the tackle. Okay. So Gibble just charges, okay. like, head down, mouth closed, just charges into the hit on top and, like, headbutts it. Ugh. Tackles are getting big yeah. now. As a reaction, Butch is going to oh, tell hit on top to use revenge. Okay. So oh, that's a natural 20. Okay. Oh. That's 10 damage. Ouch. Okay. Yeah, so after taking the tackle, it's sort of... It takes the hit and gets knocked backwards a bit and then just spins up again and just goes straight back into Gibble, mm. just like plowing into it. As soon as that's happened, Butch shouts, oh, hit shit. it with another rolling kick. Oh no. Mean Hitmon. Yeah. But Hitmon yes. Top sort of jumps up into the air to come down and just flies way past Gibble Good. and goes straight into a tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tree toppling over as the kicks from the rolling kick sort of take off all the bark and it just sort of like zips through this tree. Um, God, like a little chainsaw. Yeah, Butch is sort of shouting there, being like, him on top, what are you doing? Come back! Quick attack! That's a 13. That'll hit. Three damage. So him on top, like noticing <sighs> that it nat wand and went after a tree instead. Here's Butch and is like, oh! Oh, go the wrong way. <laughs> and uh, just stops tacking the tree that he thought was the Gibble because he had his eyes shut <laughs> and just bolts straight back towards Gibble again, hitting it square in the nozzle. Ouch. Gibble's not looking too good. It's a shame. <laughs> back to Felix then. You really pissed him off. You jammed your thumb right up his butthole at the beginning of this recording <laughs> and pissed him right off. <laughs> um, Revenge of the DM. It's a real thing. Yeah, so Felix... After seeing this Pelipper flinch again, essentially in the, the paralysis that was inflicted on it by Ghastly, is feeling quite quite confident. 
He's seen what Munchlax can do as well in these sort of scenarios. So he is bordering on being cocky as, as much as Felix can be. And he sort of sneers as he sees this Pelipper freeze up and goes, ha, you ain't seen nothing yet. Munchlax, hit him again, metronome. Thunder, thunder, thunder. <laughs> it's not thunder. So I rolled 29. High kick. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So you tap into a Pokemon's mind, damaging their will to fight. Make a ranged attack on a Pokemon in range, doing 2d8 plus move cycle damage on a hit. <laughs> or oh, can have a bit of parafusion here. If the natural attack roll is 18 or higher, target becomes confused. Ooh. Oh, no, not parafusion. Come on, do it. So a 12 to hit. That will not oh, No, shame. Well, they don't always go your way. Um, so, yeah, Felix shouts out for Munchlax to do a metronome. As always, Munchlax doesn't know where this power is coming from. But he just starts to feel like he's getting a really bad headache. His eyes start glowing bright purpley pink. Looks at the Pelipper, but then just gets a headache. <laughs> okay, next up is the Pelipper. And Cassidy's starting to get a bit annoyed that Pelipper keeps stopping before it attacks. So she just shouts out, hit it with another wing attack. Yeah, uh, one. <laughs> oh my God, yes. three in a row. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I need, a, I need to use a different D4. No, you don't. Keep that one out. Keep that Ridiculous. one. Ridiculous. Um, it just, it just sort of, as soon as she says hit it with a wing attack, it just sparks come off it again and it just doesn't do anything it's like its muscles have just frozen up and it just can't it's just being tasered on it's the floor it's still airborne but it's just not doing anything at all oh wow Felix grabs his pokeball at this point he goes good job guys good job <laughs> next up is Chuck yeah um, Gibble's getting a bit desperate here Gibble make yourself hard to hit Sandstorm Ooh. <laughs> what a command make yourself hard to hit oh, okay well I told him what to do and how to do it Okay, so he's gonna do sandstorm. Okay, so, so Gibble starts like he digs his head in the sand and starts just charging around. You see his little fin going around the sand, and as he's doing so, in a sort of circle around the whole battlefield, like kind of around this whole island, like just whipped it up into the air. Okay, cool. And your AC goes up by mm -hmm. two. And at the beginning of each Pokemon's turn, they take one d6 of damage. Yeah. Okay, so Hitmon tops up, and he's going to. Oh Christ. Shit, he takes six oh, damage. Sick. Butch sees Gibble start up this, whip up this sandstorm and sees it hit, hit him on top. And he's like, nah, <laughs> nah, we've got, we got to finish, we got to finish this thing off quick. Uh, let's Come on, Gibble. hit it with another rolling Come kick. Come on, Gibble. Eight. Does not hit. That dice can go in the bin. <laughs> you ordered so many. Uh, and then he's going to, seeing that the rolling kick sort of just misses Gibble as it's like thinning around in the sand. Uh, he's going to back it up with another quick attack, which also will miss with a nine. Yes! Okay. Good um, job, Gibble. Him on top's just sort of like spinning, trying to hit Gibble, who's obviously in the sand at the moment, and uh, just can't get a hold of him, can't sort of see him properly yeah. through the sandstorm. Um, and Felix is up. Well, I would take my two damage from the sandstorm. We're just going to have to go for it again. Felix, seeing the Pelipper still not throw anything at this Munchlax. He's still quite calm. He goes to Munchlax. Houdini, you've got to go for it again, mate. Let loose with a metronome. I got a 97. Mm. Which is Dark Pulse. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I rolled a 19 and an 18. Hmm. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. That hit. So, you're... You target an opponent with a dark field aura filled with horrible thoughts. Make a ranged attack on an opponent, dealing 2d6 plus There's 7 dark damage. And because it was a natural roll of 17 or higher, the Pelipper also flinches. <laughs> Power flinch. Lovely. Lovely status effects. Okay. Um, yeah. Because Pelipper was paralysed, on its last turn, it can't even take a reaction, <laughs> so it's just going to have to take that straight to the face. Perfect. So yeah, similar to how Munchlax was feeling with the psychic, uh, the headache sort of shifts a little bit though, and he sort of feels it draining from his head and going more behind his eyes. 
and he sort of screwed his eyes up, screwed his eyes up trying to get rid of this headache. And he feels it release as he opens his eyes. These two streams of dark matter just come out and slap the helper straight in the face. Okay. Nice. Um, Cassidy, seeing that wing attack obviously hasn't worked, has decided to try a water pulse instead. But, but I rolled disadvantage because I'm flinched. And takes a d6 of damage. <laughs> chipping away, chipping away. <laughs> it could be more than chipping away because it's rock damage, which, as a flying type, I'm assuming. It's not water though, isn't it? Yeah, but... No, it takes double. Oh, boy. <laughs> so it took eight damage. Oh, boy. Uh, is Sandstorm rock? It is or rock. Is it rock. It's going to use water pulse. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but just shoot straight over the <laughs> This, this Pelipper is awful. And doesn't do anything. Cassidy just sinks to her knees and she's just like Butch, can you just give me a hand over here? Because I'm, I'm done. <laughs> um, I'm ready to I'm ready to pack this in. I'm fed up. We should be destroying them. And Gibble's up next. Gibble is up next. Can I use a healing item and attack in the same turn or not? Hell no. <laughs> We've definitely done that before. Since ah. when could you ever uh, heal and attack in one turn? Probably since Felix asked you, not Chuck. But anyway... Let's see what we can do here. Hmm, hit him on top. Must be, must be close to death. Let's go for it. Gibble, come out of the sandstorm. Come out of the sand and dragon rage just the hit him on top. Okay. Yes, yes. Fail, 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 fail. Natural. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to take extra damage on this or just for fail? I don't think it's going to need extra damage. How much damage does it uh, take? I rolled a 7 and a 6, so you're going to take 17 damage. How do you knock the hit <laughs> So... So Gibble, you can just see his fin sort of Jaws style sharking his way through the sand behind the Hitmontop. And as Hitmontop's kind of rotating slowly, waiting waiting for the moment to strike, Gibble bursts out of the sand and just engulfs the Hitmontop in a like massive line of blue flame. The blue flame is just like whizzing off into the side and ends up like sizzling into the uh, the water on the edge. And as the flames dissipate, Hitmontop has stopped spinning and is just like crumpled on the floor. Butch who's in the middle of saying to Cassidy, just give me a sec and I'll take care of that munchlax, uh, turns around and sees just the charred remains of a <laughs> dragon breath hit him on top and just looks at you and he's like, what? What? I warned you. And he just, he can't. He sort of just sinks to his knees. Felix, you're up. Cool. Another day, another terrible... Terrible rolls of Cozy's dice. I've I've rolled five ones in this fight so far. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's great for us. Makes great yeah. listening. No, oh, I'm glad you're having fun. That's what it's all about, after it all. It sure is. It sure is. <laughs> so, yeah. Felix, yeah, feeling now that it's it's a two-on-one scenario, it's feeling even more confident. I see Munchlax deliver with uh, a decent hit on the last turn. You guessed it. It's another another metronome. Ooh, what's it gonna be? Is it gonna be? I'm rolling 95. That is snarl. Ooh. Just uh, yeah, the the language of it. So you release a harsh growl at an opponent, damaging their willpower, force an opponent to make a wisdom save against your move DC. <laughs> Seven. You fail. Boom. So on the next uh, on a failure, the target takes one eight. Eight damage from that snarl. Oh, nice. Yeah, Munchlax okay. kind of after releasing this this headache, is still a bit grumpy, and hearing the word metronome again does weird things inside him. But he looks straight at the Pilipa and just lets out quite an intimidating roar. Uh, it does also say if you are the target of its next attack, the attack is rolled at disadvantage. So if you are attacking me next you've got a roll at disadvantage as well oh nice <laughs> well don't direct it my way though let's hope the sandstorm kills it off okay so Pelop is gonna take fuck me six damage from sandstorm <laughs> which doubles to oh 12 oh my god Ooh. you dead yet it must be nearly Bear, dead. Bearing in mind, that's that's two sixes I've rolled on sandstorm <laughs> as well so I've taken max damage from both sandstorms 
I've rolled a shitload of ones. Woe is life. I hope Pelipper's do have quite a lot anyway, of things, Peter. Pelipper is going to look at Gibble and oh, it's no. going to hit it with a wing attack. Please be paralysed. Pelipper is not paralysed. However, it only rolled an eight. Which <laughs> will not hit. Lovely. So it's wings glow again and it swings at Gibble, but Gibble's still in the sand. Yeah. Like, ducked down, back down into the sand, and it just can't get a hit on yeah, Gibble. Yeah, it's like a kind of sand rat sort of thing, so it's... <laughs> sand so it's rat. Just, <laughs> it's just sort of, like, half in the sand, just, like, moving around. Um, and it's Gibble's yeah, go. Yeah, he's going to respond with a tackle attack. Let's try and finish this Pelipper off. Ooh. 17. That will hit. Seven damage. As a reaction, no. Cassidy is going to shout Pelipper to use Protect. Ah, no. Okay. And will take zero damage. Okay. So Gibble, like, jumps out of the sand up towards the Pelipper. But I suppose I kind of almost... Hit you light just like shield. hit a force Yeah, field. it's like a light yeah. force field, invisible wall kind of. He bounces off that back into the sand. Felix is up. Go on, finish it off. Right. Sensing that this Pelipper is kind of on its last wings as such <laughs> and with Metrostone only having one PP left we're going to have to go for it come on Houdini finish off this Pelipper <laughs> we get an old favourite fly? I rolled, a, I rolled a 34 unfortunately it's not it's not fly no 34 fly is sludge wave oh I think we had in the fight against uh, poignant with uh, seagull getting hit by sludge yeah. and pollution <laughs> and all that. He's feeling a little bit um, nauseous after this headache because he got a migraine that's made him feel sick. So that makes it a twenty-four to hit. <laughs> so that will hit. Lovely. It does fourteen damage. So Cassidy, in desperation, hmm. shouts for Pelipper to use protect again. Obviously, because it's the second instance. That's the roll. Oh, oh it's so good. Yes. <laughs> Tell me how you knock Boom. Pelipper out. Beautiful. Do you let a bitch? So, yeah, as, as Chris, <laughs> uh, sorry, as Chuck alluded to, Munchlax is, is headache from his psychic attacks and his dark horse has kind of dissipated, <laughs> but he's, he's feeling a little bit ill still uh, afterwards. And as he hears the word metronome, it's a familiar feeling coming up from inside him and inside his tiny little munchlax mind he's going oh no oh no oh no <laughs> builds up and builds up and builds up and this sludge wave bursts from its mouth and slaps straight into the pelipper like you alluded to Coatsy similar to a poor poor seagull being coated in oil he's just in- encapsulated in poison falls to the floor just hits the deck Still, like, spazzing out from the paralysis, I'm assuming, as well. It's like a twitching bird oh, covered no. in slime getting hit by the sandstorm. It's just not the Pelipper's No, name. it's really not. <laughs> I don't think it even laid a hand on either. I don't think it no. hit. What? I don't think it did. Okay. Dick off. So. That's what you get. So, I'm going to hold you on XP. I'm going to make you wait. Okay. Oh, man. Butch and Cassidy look at each other and just withdraw their Pokemon and bolt. They just run past you. You hear Butch shouting in his really Butch voice something about wishing they'd never left Kanto. <laughs> and Cassidy shouting she hated the desert anyway. <laughs> One thing you do spot, though, on the floor on the beach is a slight metallic twinkle. Oh, the keys. Yeah, Chuck grabs the keys. Chuck grabs the keys, fine. Right. Each of you receive 6,400 XP to dish out how you oh want. Oh, my word. Mama jammer. <laughs> wow, okay. That's cool. A lot for, that's a lot for Gibble. Yeah. Well, I can only give it to Gibble. Big chungus. Right. So just recap what happened. Yeah. So with all that XP, Gibble Mako is now up to level five and just gets a nice little increase on his damage. 
And for Felix, we split the XP between Gasly and Houdini, uh, but that did give Houdini an XP to level up to level four as well. Cool. Because I also forgot, you find uh, a 1,500 Poké Yen to like each from each of them as they ran away. It fell out of the pockets. Nice. Oh, lovely. Well, what further adventures will our heroes have in the Oasis? What will they find? Who will they find? Well, the next episode, Captain Q-Ball and his Pokemon booty will be dropping on Feb 16th, so make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss out. Thanks to Chris for making all the music, and thanks to Doz for being our resident Pokedex. Don't forget to find us on social media at MDAD5E. You can now find us on Discord. All the links in the episode description. Please tell your friends and spread the word. We'd love to build a little community and we look forward to talking to everyone. Anyway, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Beep.